Hey, hey. Hey there. Hi, my name is Adi Banjo, and welcome to the 20s Convos Podcast with Wally and Toby. On this podcast, Wally and Toby have conversations about life, society, culture, childhood relationships, the world, and everything in between. The 20s Convos Podcast is all about sharing stories, journaling life, and building a community across the world. Enjoy the episode. So the reason why, you know, I had drugs as a topic in, in, in any respect was, you know, I don't know what triggered me sometimes uh, last year, December or so. I put up my Instagram. I don't know what it was, but I just felt like, what what is going on actually? Like, why, why is there so much hypocrisy around drugs? And why why is there a stigma? And why do I have a stigma as well? What, where did that come from? And why are some drugs legit and why are some drugs bad, even though selling drugs do the same thing? So alcohol is one of the top killers of, you know, violence, car accidents, domestic attacks, etc. Mm. And yeah, alcohol is legal as hell, but, you know, you have drugs like cannabis, which on a simple dosage may not do as, as much harm. So again, I then they have drugs like, you know, opioids and, you know, medical drugs that have been prescribed so easily and probably even too frequently. And it's all like the drug industry is weird and the drug stigma is weird. And how I've grown up to understand drugs is also weird. Um, one disclaimer I will start by saying is I'm not going to ask anyone if you've done drugs, <laughs> even myself. So if, you, if, you're hoping, if you're hoping to hear that on this, on this episode, yeah, we're not going to answer that question. And everybody... Um, <laughs> <laughs> and everybody just clicks out on the podcast like that like nope <laughs> not for me but yeah go on go on go on uh um but you know i, I just found it interesting and i think that day i just i just i just, I just thought i just thought why why is there a stigma and why is there inconsistency in how drugs are viewed and obviously i also know that you know tracing back to nige obviously my, my context there's a lot of drug um overuse as well right and there's that idea of can we actually have a life without drugs and if we can't what should we do or if we can't what should we do and also there's been like a war on drug for for ages and yet drugs keep winning mm. you know so what is going on um so i just thought let me start by asking you guys and obviously today we have anish on the show and probably anish i'll talk more about your bio at the end as we always do um but it's just what is your stance on drugs overall so not particularly you know as i said not about whether you use drugs or not no i'm not asking that but drugs in society and what how do you see drugs do you have a stigma to it do you just see it as part of life what is your stance so when i was younger i definitely had like a stigma to it but i think that just comes from like the people that are influencing you like parents uh, like religious figures, this and that. They're always like forcing that into that they're bad, they're bad. And now it's like, uh, like just as I've grown up, I've seen like more things in life. And I think that they're definitely bad, but they're not bad for the reasons that people force fed you as you were kids. Like they, there's definitely, like you said earlier, there's things that are legal that are just as bad, mm. but there's things that are illegal that are not as bad, you know? Mm. And uh, like you were saying in the introduction, if we can have a society without drugs, I actually don't think we can because, dude, drugs have been around for like so long <laughs> society, you know, like literally as soon as long as like uh, we've stopped being like hunter gatherers and we started like farming stuff like we've just discovered things that can trip us out. 
and then we've just been doing more and more of that. Yeah. 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 That, that's true. Because there's like so South America, they have the cocoa leaves. They'll just chew on the cocoa leaves, mm-hmm. I, like in Africa. But I think like they have like cut or something in yeah in some Eastern Africa. And then in Nigeria uh, yeah. is like uh, I think that the rice, the sake, right? In in you know more like East Asian cultures as well. Yeah, but that's like what's fermented. The, and what's the sake? It's, so it's like fermented rice. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, like even um, even 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 in, like if you look at religious texts, there's still evidence of alcohol in there as well. So mm-hmm. you know, you're right in the sense of it's been around for time. And um, but Toby, what what's your what's your own um, stance? Yeah, um, on sort of like drugs and substances and things like that. Like I think like like Anish said, they they've been around for a, a while. My perspectives on it, like also with Anish, growing up, were usually from you know religious context and things like that. But I think it was always from the point of you know um, some things are good in moderation some things once you take it to the extreme like with most things it then becomes an issue but what what has really like what i've what has really stood out for me when it comes to drug use and things like that is more like the effects of it um you know socially culturally and and just like people that tend to or like people that have I guess a relationship with it in that sense, their stance in a society and how society views and the stigma around it and just the whole narrative around drugs and things like that has been quite interesting to see. And just like you said in the intro, just the politicization of it as well, right? Where one, because there's a lot of lobbying around it, mm-hmm. you know, investments in it is pretty, it's seen as pretty okay, you know, even though it's caused a lot of damage. And the other thing, either because people don't understand it and it's still relatively new, there's just this, you know, added stigma that you're like, okay, these two are kind of like the same. So why is this one getting so much bad rep and things like that? Um, and just, I guess, access as well. Honestly, I think growing up, there wasn't a lot of access to it around me. So it didn't really give me a strong perspective on it. So I didn't really have anything to say about it. I've been more exposed to, you know, it mostly these days. And that's why I've started to develop stronger perspectives or stronger thoughts around it, which we'll probably, you know, discover in the episode. But for me so far, it's really just about understanding that it's always been there, like Anisha said, but thoughts around it's always change from generation to generation. All right. So I think I think here's a good part to, you know, try and make a segue into drug types yeah because eventually we started by speaking very very vaguely and to talk about drug types and i just want to get your thoughts on what you think based on either what you've seen read or heard what you think are good drugs if they exist and bad drugs and why so my my default list obviously is relating to things like you know alcohol cocaine cannabis um psychedelics antidepressants codeine tramadol um, opioids uh co heroin etc so just hearing that list you might have more than than that but are there good drugs and bad drugs for you for you both or it's all the same as their context anish <laughs> so i think dude like uh first of all man you said some names i was like bro i've no, never even heard of what you said something like toblerone i was like damn that's not a drug toblerone <laughs> um no <laughs> what the <laughs> He said something. Tramadol. Tramadol. What is that? Tramadol. Tramadol is uh, is a medicinal pain drug, I believe. Mm. Um, typically, often used. Um, very popular in Nigeria, actually. Mm. Um, yes, so it's so, so a very strong, strong painkiller, quite similar to opioids in that sense. Um, 
but like very very popular in in Nigeria and over prescribed and there's, there's a lot of corruption around that in the pharmaceutical industry oh as well. Tablerone. Oh my god, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely not Tablerone. I mean, I wish it was Tablerone, but definitely not. <laughs> yeah, but dude, like like chemically speaking, right? There's no real difference between good drug and bad drug, right? Like, mm. what is it, right? Mm. It, it's it's just something you take that's like not supposed to be nutritious you're not eating it to like fill up your stomach or gain energy mm. it's supposed to change something in your body right it's supposed to either yeah. stop the pain or like make you feel something more like it's supposed to change the way mm. something happens a function happens in your body mm. so like based on that like the definition between good drug and bad drug is just like something we as a society have come up with right mm. and it's also yeah. to do dosage anything can be a bad drug in dosage like if you take like a too many painkillers then that becomes a bad drug right but like you can still buy them legally mm. Mm. that's actually one of the things they have like in in like the medicine field it's like a saying that goes like the dosage makes the poison so it, because like everything has a toxicity level if you have too much of literally anything like anything. water it becomes toxic to you mm. 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 Yeah. So, so would you feel the same way? Yeah, honestly, yes. I'm just like here nodding my head because he's just hitting the <laughs> hitting the points exactly. But yeah, um, totally right. Like um everything is I think everything that we see in life, even including drugs and things like that, you know, operates as probably like a baseline level and it's what you do with it and how much and how the intensity of it that then changes how you know it reflects as either good or bad. Um and so I think honestly all drugs are, are are the same all substances are the same in terms of what anish said what they do to you right it's all about changing chemistries right and so people um i guess the differences are probably like the the toxicity level at the default stage and you know how easily accessible they are which is why some are referred to as gateway drugs in the sense that you know once you start in one level um if you don't take care it then leads you to seeking something stronger and you know, it's, it's just like everything. If you, if, you, if you go to the gym, you start by lifting five kg dumbbells, right? That's pretty tough for the first, you know, two or three weeks. After a while, you strengthen those muscles and then you want to raise something or lift something heavier. I think that's the same thing with drugs as well, right? So people start by, people start by, even with alcohol, for example, you start with a light beer, things like that. And, you know, you get tipsy rather quickly. And then as time goes on, you need something stronger and stronger and stronger and more glasses, more bottles. You. Are you insinuating that 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 the the idea of agency, the idea of agency? Anish, what do you say? He's saying that beer is a gateway drink. Once you have beer, <laughs> <laughs> you move it onto whiskey. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, it's 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 funny because like I heard that, and I'm saying like you made a good point, but I think where what I find tricky in that statement is: Are you saying that we human beings have no agency once drug comes into the equation? So once mm-hmm. I start taking any form of drug, right, have I lost my ability to be to to end, maintain moderation? Is that uh, what you're saying? Not not completely, but there's an element of truth in that, in the sense that for something to affect your brain chemistry in in the kind of ways that a lot of drugs do, it does. Some drugs target parts of your brain that is the break that you like. So, so a lot of drugs, what they do is turn on the part of your brain that says go, like removing inhibition things like that and just you know go 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 right and they they especially numb the parts that says stop so why i'm saying uh, and it's a, it's a theory around gateway drugs and why i'm saying that when you start right 
there's a point you get to with consistent use that you lose control of certain parts of yourself that makes better decisions, right? Um, I think there's a lot of like medical research around that, which is why- they What drugs are those? Sorry, just let's, let's clarify. As um, all drugs, does that apply to every drug? Because- not, not, not every drug, but drugs that affect, that targets like parts of your brain. So things like uh, the ethanol content in alcohol or things, you know, like, like um, uh, what do they call it? Cannabis and things like that. Like things that target parts of your brain, right? Okay. Um, and so I think that's why a, a lot of talk in the healthy ecosystem now is around treating those things as disorders because they do have connections to parts of our brain and things like that so i'm not saying agency completely goes away but agency is affected once you start and you know continuous and extensive use of certain kinds of of, of substances anish what do you think i just had like a minor sidetrack like something you said triggered me into like what i guess why what we would define as a good drug or bad drug depends on why you're taking that drug right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Like if you're taking a drug just to have like a recreational little buzz just to like uh you know if most of most of the people are taking that drug for that reason i guess we could classify that as a bad drug but if there are drugs that you're taking that are actually like the changes they're doing are improving your life in some way then i guess you would call that a good drug like painkillers mm. some there are some people who are addicted to that stuff and they take it to like uh just just to get high but then the most the majority of the people take it to reduce pain and like to be able to function normally so that's why we classify that as a good drug mm. but there are some cases where like lsd and stuff can treat ptsd but for the majority of reason people take lsd is to like just trip on acid yeah so for that i guess we call that a bad drug mm. uh, it's just like a sidetrack i went on about what, how we could classify it yeah so that's very interesting because i know even some people take drugs to escape some other drugs right so like some people take maybe um mdma for example is it mdma some other drug just to escape things like tobacco or sorry not mdma no mushrooms rather mm. mushrooms to escape tobacco or to escape alcohol and i think because when they see how probably more was that say nutritious or less harmful um mushrooms might be you'd be like why am i taking that shit called tobacco anyway you know so it's interesting to see how you could have actually have a drug be an escape for another drug if that makes sense. Um, but I mean, the idea of moderation and the idea of, you know, taking drugs and drugs, drugs opening up this Pandora's box, it's a tricky one to digest because, okay, let's talk about alcohol, right? Which is legal. So we can talk about it. I mean, I drink alcohol, um, not as much these days, not as much as I used to. Um, reasons being over this pandemic, but actually it's also dropped. But even, even when I started drinking alcohol, Right. I never ever I never ever was so-called as a gateway to something. Mm. I just I just genuinely enjoyed it sometimes, most times, right? And you know, th- th- things like, for example, um, things like uh, vodka. I, I don't like vodka, so I would not drink it, even if vodka would get me drunk in that sense for a party, right? But I, I still will not drink it. If I drink it, it's because that's all that's available and I might just drink a little bit, mm-hmm. right? But the drinks that I like, I would drink because I enjoy them. So maybe things like your lamb spice whiskey and I'll drink that and enjoy it without any, without any, um, <laughs> any, any, any mixes. But, but that's because I actually enjoyed it, not to, not, not because I wanted it to release mm. some form of 
thing. There was a time where I did not like beer, so I never even touched beer. Like I would never, I'll go and say, "Do you want beer?" I said, "No, I don't. I don't like that." that. Mm-hmm. But but when beer became quite quite interesting in my, my taste buds, I would drink it sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. But the point is, there are times where I'll go and I'll be like, "You know what? I'm not drinking today." Mm-hmm. And and that is where I say, "Well, can we just dismiss human agency?" in drug taking now you can you can argue that alcohol is not strong enough to create tendencies that make you lose your agency that's your argument fair enough mm. but i think we all have a moderating ability to still maintain you know agency when it comes to drugs am i preaching to the choir or not i think dude it, it depends on the personality type right like there's some people who have addictive personality types so if they get into something, it's hard for them to get out of it, right? It doesn't even have to be substances. It could be gambling. It could be lottery tickets, you know? Mm-hmm. It could just be making just, like, bad decisions over and over again because, like, you're just used to it. You're, like, you're, you're addicted to it. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, this might sound a bit cocky, but I feel like if I ever got into smoking, I would be able to quit. I, I just don't think it would hold me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was... I just never get into it because it tastes like shit. <laughs> honestly exactly like with, with tobacco i can't smoke just because i don't like the way i'll smell after tobacco then there's nothing good about it it doesn't and it, ju- right. it just doesn't taste in any way shape or form decent and i don't see my brain adapting to that in any in any way right so exactly i, I hear a point on that but what's interesting about what you just said anish is you know you, you mentioned people having addictive addictive streaks that screams more to the question of okay why do, why do people take drugs in the first place, right? Because when you see people do studies on drugs and issues on drugs, we tend to ignore other socioeconomic factors and cultural factors, right? So maybe you might find that people who are unemployed are more likely to take drugs. People who are certain certain neighborhood, certain I don't know, right? But there's there's drivers. Mm-hmm. Right, but generally, generally speaking, why do, why do you think people take drugs? Right, so let me start by saying, well, why do I take alcohol? Right, since we're not going too deep. Um, one curiosity, right? Two, social pressure slash norms. Three, it tasted good. Four, it, it was a good social boundary object. Right, so what I mean was it was a good yeah. I think, I think that's explanatory. So those are my reasons, but. What reasons do you think people take drugs? Maybe not alcohol, maybe other deeper drugs, right? So um, some also fall under curiosity. I don't know. Toby, what do you think? Um, I think generally, right, the, the, like you said, rightly said, there are different triggers, right? Some it's, you know, social situations. Um, you know, it's you're at a party and someone, you know, brings something and, you know, again, curiosity, but just socially, it, it feels like the right thing to do or at least the right thing to explore. Sometimes it's some level of pain. Um, sometimes it's, you know, you're going through trauma or things like that and this feels like an escape so i think there there are very different reasons why people start to use substances in general um and i don't think we can lump them up into like oh this is why um in in that sense so i think with each case um the introduction is different the pathway towards you know more harmful substances might feel similar just because of how we are as humans right um but i think generally people tend to use different kinds of substances um, either socially, like you've said, or they're trying to deal with some level of pain 
or trauma or something psychological. Um, and it feels like an outlet, right? Um, I think sometimes that those are some of the, the reasons why people start to use substances in general. Anish, what do you think? I think the strongest, like one of the strongest reasons is uh, it's it's like it's going on around you, right? So mm. if it's around you, you kind of do it to like feel like part of the group. Mm. Uh, and it's like it's the stigma is brought down a lot more if it's going on around you already. So like then you don't feel as if you're doing something that you're not supposed to be doing because everyone around you is doing it, you know. And not to sound like an Instagram hustle page, but your <laughs> network is your network. That kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and okay, so let's think about this now. Um, one reason why certain drugs we okay, we know that certain drugs are decent in terms of small dosage, you probably be happy as as hell, right? But they're not, but but they're not legal, right? Mm-hmm. And there's legal side of things, there's the social stigma side of things, right? And but let's start with legality. Are there drugs that you guys will not take because only because they are not legal? Are there drugs? I mean, we'll not, not try in the future because they're illegal. Yeah. Because they're illegal. Yeah. Hmm. Let me I ask mean, you. My question is: Does does legality influence your thoughts about potential consumption of drugs? So, if alcohol was illegal for example mm. you know or you know if 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 certain drugs were just like illegal you know mm. would that affect how you thought about them i, I get um, what you're saying so there's a state like okay so india has like the state system same as america um and there's a state in india called gujarat that is like the home state of Mahatma gandhi and because of that like alcohol sale is completely banned there for local people like if you're from outside you can get like a permit and you can get it but there's like no stores really it's like it's considered a dry state oh wow yeah that being said everyone i know that lives there has booze in their house (laughs) (laughs) Uh, like and uh so remember the prohibition i say Mm -hmm. remember like like we were there (laughs) 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 you guys have heard right the prohibition in america mm-hmm. in the 19th i think so yeah yeah, yeah. So during that time that like banned all booze right but what ended up happening is the consumption of harder liquor actually went up than in previous years mm. 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 interesting and, like it took over and stuff and the reason was that like people still wanted to drink just because it was illegal doesn't mean people were going to stop mm. and all that ended up happening is people opted for the more concentrated stuff because, so like yeah, yeah. Like if, if if alcohol is illegal, you're not gonna go for the beer. You're gonna go for whiskey mm-hmm. because it's it's like you can get a bottle of whiskey, or you can get a bottle of beer, and you can finish a bottle of beer in like a sitting. Mm-hmm. You can do it with whiskey as well, but it'll be one like, bigger night, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. Same would you take drugs just because they're natural? Like, would you consider them okay just because it's natural versus synthetic? Mm. That is a big difference for me. Yeah, absolutely. That's a big difference because one thing that I'm very conscious of very in my life channel is what I put in my body, mm. right? And if there's a nature of, of, of substance to, there's a link of substance to nature, that makes me 50% more likely mm. to do it. 
if I think something's made in a lab, hell no. If I think it's made unnaturally, it's almost a hell no. Mm. Right. But if there's a good nature nature attached to it, then you have you have probably a yes from me at certain mm. point. Right. Just because if it's nature, obviously nature has poison. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying everything from nature. I mean, like you can't go around eating snakes. You're probably gonna <laughs> die in two minutes. But I mean, you can eat cooked snakes, uncooked snakes. I mean, but my point is like if it's nature. So there is a certain element of it that screams, this was there before you, right? And and if it's there before you, there's there's a part of it, there's a substance from it that shows or that assumes that moderation, in moderation, you should be okay, mm. right? You should be good. But once it's something that is synthetic, something that is chemical, man-made, it almost seems like, well, this and my brain were not made in the same environment. Right. Mm-hmm. And I can't just yeah. depend and trust that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Fair. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So subconsciously, I would say maybe the legality of, of, of certain things might play a factor. But I think consciously, um, like Anish said at the start, uh, your relationship with drugs and substances is very dependent on your personality. And um, for me, I think I've always... I, I like being in too much control that things that make me feel like I'm not in control, I naturally shy away from them. And that manifests itself in like different ways. <laughs> and and uh, one of the ways is when it comes to like alcohol or things like that, my natural tendency is to always want to feel in control. So I just don't naturally. <laughs> that is the most that. interesting reason I've heard for. No, also because like, I, I, I've seen I've seen different sides to it, and like I think the first drink I had was probably when I was maybe fourteen or f- no 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 uh, maybe above I was already above sixteen, um, and it felt nice, right? It was a bit lightweight and that that time, but I think I just didn't like I was I flashed back on that night and there were some things I was doing I was like okay I never want to feel that not in control anymore, so I was very careful about when I was taking drinks. I didn't like for the longest time. Um, I would not take them, not because I had any religious sort of like stance against it, but just the fact that I said, I just like to be in control and substances that have the tendency to not put me in control. I just naturally tend away from them. Um, what does control mean? Like control of yourself, like, and the things that you so, do. That. So if I, if I take drugs yeah. and, 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 and I'm happy as hell, right. But, but I see what I'm doing. doesn't, doesn't make me jump three fences. It just makes me happy while I'm walking. Is that mean? Is, is that is that where control starts, or does control mean when when I jump to the fence, knowing that I can only jump one? Well, that's I think a, he's I, talking more about like not shitting his pants. Kind of <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> no, and so I think it's more it's more about like you know you're like people say that you're the real you when you take a drink, right? And you know parts of you gets like that's, exactly, that's, that's BS. Exactly, exactly. So absolute BS. Exactly. So for me, because because I also think that that's I, BS I, I, I so much hate that. That, that that phrase mm-hmm. oh when you're drunk you're the real you <laughs> exactly you get and yeah. so because i also don't believe in that um it's like i always want to be in control of what i'm doing and just be deliberate about things i'm doing like if i'm going to go do something when all my senses are you know at their normal level right then i don't want to take something that's going to put me in a position where i'm making less i'm making worse judgments just because i have something within my system that's what i mean by control right so so the the fear or, ha- or or the apprehension stems from the actions that you might take and regret if you took drugs 
in an extreme case, yes. But it's like, why should I give something outside of me that much power over me to do anything, basically? I see. Okay, yeah. so back so back to the natural aspect. The natural of things, aspect. What do you think? So the, the the same the same perspective applies. Like just because something is natural doesn't mean it needs to get into my system, right? And so if it's natural but still also doesn't, you know, it makes me lose certain kinds of controls or stuff, I will I'll, I'll definitely not take it, right? I'll not be not I'll definitely not take it, but I won't be drawn towards it just because of my personality. And I'm not saying everybody is like this, but just from my perspective, that's how I'll process the thoughts, right? And it's why I've not tried certain things, um, not because. The, it's legally wrong like legally it being legally wrong makes it easier to because it's then not accessible yeah i'm already for the drama that comes with doing something that is illegal right but even if it was made legal there are a lot of things that are legal that i don't find myself gravitating towards again because of this control and deliberate you know uh conversation that we're having yeah okay um what do you do when you know you you realize that what if what if you get to a point where we realize that all of this is just a big sham? How like so? we're living in a simulation kind of sham, or what would you mean? I mean, I mean, <laughs> that's that's what the biggest fear, isn't it? The matrix fear. Um, yeah. But but not even that far. Like, what if you get to a point where we realize that you know all these one drugs idea, all these uh, thoughts that drugs are very very bad as a sham? Why I say that is this. When we see case studies of drug users gone wrong, we only see the A, worst case scenarios, B, those who do it openly, right? Mm -hmm. And C, those that have been caught. But there's many other people, many, if not, if not even more than half of those that are in, in box A, that do it regularly in moderation, in in secret and are never caught mm. i think this kind of relates back to the legality thing right mm. uh, for me so here's the thing with the legality thing it for me it depends on what it is right like no matter how legal they make crystal meth i'm never gonna do it right <laughs> never <laughs> yeah so it, it, no no i think that's 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 the same with most people so the legality thing it, it's just no, like no, a little sorry, label sorry, that society's put on it I don't know about meth here. Yeah. Meth has the worst rep. I just see meth, and I and I see, in my head, I just see the worst place you can be on earth. I see meth has the worst rep out of like if meth was it was it was in high school, man, that dude would be <laughs> would be at the back of the class every day. Bro, yeah. I think it's deserved though. Whatever rep, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, you were saying sorry. Uh, yeah, so legality is just like a label that society's put on it, right? Like, mm. there's been times, like I said, when alcohol was legal, then illegal, then legal again, you know. Mm. Uh, probably the same with tobacco. Uh, before governments existed, everything was legal, right? Like, well, mm. well, who's going to stop you? Mm. So mm. I don't think people... And there's dude, there's people in the world that'll go out and, like, take different combinations of, like, over-the-counter drugs just to get a legal high because that's, like, that's good. Mm. Mm. And that and that ends up being way worse for your body because you're taking these things in combinations that weren't meant to be taken in. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. So I think bottom line, never, never just do something or don't do something because of its legal status. You should mm. always just like look at what the effects and the aftermath would be. And then that also for me applies to the natural stuff, right? Like just because something happened naturally, right? Mm. Doesn't mean it's good for you. Like tobacco is natural, opium is natural. Mm. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. Like they all, they all just even like I don't know. Does cocaine grow in a plant? No, you have to take the leaf and do something with it, right? Yeah, yeah. But it stems from a plant still. But you have to still um add make something out of it. Yeah. yeah, add some stuff yeah, to it. My knowledge of it only comes from narcos. So all I know <laughs> is they had like little huts in the forest making this shit. <laughs> Uh, yo, Knuckles, man, that was that was one hell of a show. Yeah, but um, I, I share the same sentiments, and I think a lot of these things boils down to intention. I think whenever, like you said, a lot of these things didn't exist until like things only become wrong when a law says it's wrong, right? But even before the law came, there's it had properties, and you know people took it and made decisions about it, right? So I think intention is probably always what's key for me in, in, in everything because, again, who are, who are the ones making the laws? How are the laws coming about? Is it based on evidence or based on politics or based on lobbying, right? Like maybe for, if we were being serious with ourselves, maybe alcohol should have been illegal a long time ago, right? And should have remained illegal. Maybe, who knows? But obviously because there's a lot of investment that has gone into it, you can't really say any law that comes out is for the general good of people. But then there are some things that are outrightly, once they get into your system, are damaging, right? If they found a way to make poisons less poisonous, um, it doesn't mean that's now a thing that, okay, because it's less poison, I can now put it in my body, right? And some things are just poisons. Maybe they're a slower poison than something that will get in your system and kill you immediately. Or there's it's a poison that, you know, builds up over time and just, you know, kills you slower in that sense. Yeah, but here's, here's where I play devil's devil advocate again, as I always do, uh-huh. to the arguments. You know, I, yeah, of course, alcohol is unnatural for your body by default, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty much almost drinking petrol. Mm-hmm. But... There's people who have drunk alcohol and lived fine till they're 90. And, and, there, and then there's some unlucky folks who have some problem unalcohol-related with their body and live to 80. Hmm. Right? Because of that, just because of that yeah. unlucky and lucky streak, if you want to put down to luck, I, I, it's hard for someone to just make that argument and say, well, I think it's poison in that sense. Fair point. Right, because Fair point. because there there are cases, many cases actually, hmm. where people still live a decent life drinking alcohol. Yeah, maybe for other drugs that we don't know about, right? Yeah. And yeah, alcohol is bad for your liver, obviously in excess. Right, take that shit long time, and then you see what happens. But on just on just on just simple cases, right? Yeah. But one thing that I, that's on the note is I think I've ever thought about the the way drugs are ingested and and how and how that shapes your perception about the drugs mm, things like- are sniffed in <laughs> fundamentally feel weird to me i mean needles dude anything that involves a needle Yo, that's like a needles different, different yeah. levels so like I, I feel like also like the way it's ingested also impacts how i say it as well and maybe that's why alcohol still seems chill because it's just like wait, is that sip, wait, wait, <laughs> but, but is that socialization <laughs> but, but, is, is but that yeah, socialization exactly. is this socialization because because, because Mm-hmm. One can argue that you can easily put those drugs that you sniff into drinks as well. Mm-hmm. Fair game. I mean, Coke is pretty much an, an, is Coke. coke. <laughs> right? In fact, what am I even saying? Okay, let me go into that, into exactly. that, into that call. Of, of, I thought it has to go to your lungs. No, oh, no. I meant like Coke, the drink, soda. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. Oh, but yeah, back in the day, it used to Back in the days, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, like, for me, I have those thoughts where I think the waste ingested actually plays a part on on how i see the yeah the drug as well what I, think do you guys think? 
I think that's more socialization, to be honest. I think if if when we when Possibly. we started with alcohol, you had to sniff alcohol in. I guess sniffing would seem normal, and maybe drinking something to get you that same level of high would be the odd thing out, like you know. So I I wouldn't use that as a metric to you know determine if it's yeah, yeah yeah yeah. But I think the two words that really matter here are intention and moderation, right? It's like for what reasons are you doing what you're doing and how much or like how much are you giving yourself into what you're doing? Because like, and you said, you know, at the start, take anything, like even eating disorders as well. Like food is great, nourish, nourishes our body and things like that. But there are eating disorders where, you know, people take it to extremes that are dangerous levels for their body. So um, in to answer your question directly, I think socialization is just what happens when it comes to the form in which certain kinds of drugs are, are taken in that sense. Because pills are like everybody takes pills, but then, you know, if people look at the pills you're taking and, you know, it's an extreme form of narcotics or opioids and things like that, people will still look at that differently. So it's less about how it gets into you and what it is that is getting into you eventually. Right. Mm-hmm. I, okay. I, I do agree with you, Wally. Like the like the more specialized kit that is required to do a drug the weirder it seems to me right i'm just thinking about it right like injections is one uh what else like if you need like a glass pipe with like you know different Like the more kit you need, the weirder it seems to me. Yeah, absolutely. Like when you see people taking heroin and they open like this box. Yeah, you need like a tube and, and like a spoon. And like thinking, like, yo, this setup, man, it's not a podcast. What is going on? And yeah. and and they're like they're like then inject into their toes. And I feel, I think I think that's also scary. But again, like I think that also shows the power of drugs because, given all things being equal, I don't think anybody wants to actually go through the step of injecting stuff into your toes i don't think so I, I might be wrong i might i might be close-minded possibly but i don't think in the, everything given everything being equal i don't think everything i don't think anybody wants to do that and i guess that also brings to the brings me to the point of what do you think about the influence of macro and micro systems what i mean is on a macro level the country you're in and mm-hmm. the the economic system the culture and also micro level in terms of your family structure and your friendship structure and your school structure. What what does that play in? And which ones do you guys think are more prevalent or more prominent in determining one's outcome? Hmm. So I don't, does, does, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. yeah. Anish? I think this, like the social aspect, I think is the biggest part in determining what kind of substances a person takes, right? Like mm. if you're from the Middle East, the shisha hookah thing is like standard. There's nothing wrong yeah. with it. Mm. It's, it's, it's like very normal. You like people do it all the time, right? And back in the day, like way back in the day, right? The, when they're doing like archeological digs and stuff, they'll find like golden ornaments with like uh, weed residue in it and all of this stuff. And they'll find it in like, and if it's made of gold, you can assume it was for like high class high people, class. right? They're not just giving it to like random peasants. Mm. So yeah, the social factor is is huge. It's like I think it's like pretty much the biggest thing. Yeah. What's inside you, like your personality is secondary, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The social factors just enable it. Yeah, true. Absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, depending on where you grew up, like you said, different things will feel, you know, socially acceptable, right? And other things will not. But I think in our generation, um, I'll say peer pressure. And I don't mean peer pressure in a negative sense, but I just mean interaction with your peers is what informs a lot of, you know, 
I guess, directions or decisions you take, particular, particularly around substances, right? So, um, and I guess in the early phases when things are still getting shaped, depending on who's around you and the level of access you have to certain kinds of things, you might find yourself yielding into certain things. But I don't want us to downplay the the effects of triggers, like what actually triggers people to seek out these things, right? You know, talking from pain, like people that are going through like chronic pain and stuff like that, um, people with trauma yeah. and PTSD. stress, PTSD, exactly. So I, I think yeah. it's more, it's more like, it's weird how like diabetes, um, people that are prone to diabetes and strokes and things like that, some medical there's a few or there's a section of like medicine that is saying look when it comes to substance uses you need to put them on that same level as well because it's a disorder that needs to be treated but there's so much stigma around some of these things that even people that they want help right they but you essentially think it's a it's a moral like they're they're suffering from a moral like lack of moral you know compass is what is causing them to do what they're doing but really like is it are you ignoring the triggers that are actually getting the person to that position um but yeah i, I think just generally um uh, that's my thought around it like socially i think there's a lot of stigma around certain things that then causes some things to feel way worse than others but it actually makes some things that need to be treated seem like it's a personal mm. fight you need to make um which i think is is, is not great overall yeah I- I agree. I, I, I think that that stigma also contributes to people not seeking help mm-hmm. um, when 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 they cannot shoot. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because I saw a study um, that showed an African study actually. I think the Nigerian context they showed that um, young adults. No, sorry, this was American actually. Like people, young adults from higher income homes, are more likely to take do drugs. Mm-hmm. You know, and I found that interesting. It's almost like the it's almost like the, uh, <laughs> like the Pastor song where you know the the good the good kids or not the good kids, but the, but people in affluent homes might be more susceptible to doing drugs. And is that because I, I mean I don't know why. I'm just asking. Like that was an interesting find for me, study for me to still read. Um, because on the flip side, in our context in Nigeria, studies also show that you know if you were from a home that had maybe um, maybe no father present or no parent present, you're more likely to do drugs, mm. right? So you can see where that cultural difference begins to appear in, mm. in this scenario. And I mean, in Nige, I know as, as early as like um, undergrad, we used to see how codeine was, was very, very prevalent. You know, people take codeine a lot. Like codeine was, codeine was, was one drug that I just never, I never particularly understood because it made you slow. And I just thought, why do you want to be slow? Yeah, yeah. Um, the syrup, right? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. yeah, yeah. The it syrup. has it has but, the drowsy effect that then effect yeah. effect. But again, like it's also a case of an escape thing for people, right? Mm-hmm. Peer pressure and all those things. But in Nigeria, it's getting worse because when I'm reading all these papers, there's like a lot much more in, um, imports into Nigeria in terms of in terms of drugs. And apparently, I think it's so someone said that Africa is going to be like um the largest growth in drugs is going to maybe double or triple by 2050 in africa and, mm-hmm. and africa will be the biggest continent that will produce i was like that shit is scary because it's like all these drugs and these drugs are not just like cannabis so i'm talking about you know like your trauma dolls yeah. your over-the-counter kind of drugs like your prescriptive um abuse drugs mm-hmm. and it's scary like and i think when we see all these things happen, like when we see even like the song, the pop culture songs contribute to that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm quite liberal, but I, I, those things bother me. 
I'm liberal in a lot of things, but when it comes to deliberate, deliberate force of, of substances that make your body worse than it actually is, right? I, and, and, and I don't mean temporary states, I mean permanent states that I'm not for. Me personally, if you ask me, people, people taking ice cream every day, I put you in the same box as, as, as a drug user. <laughs> Because if you're chugging ice cream every day and maybe even soda every day, you know, Mackey's every day, you might say that's extreme, but you're doing some damage to your body. Mm. And and yeah. and I see I see little difference between that and drugs. So I put everything in the same category. Yeah. And anything that contributes to permanent body bodily harm, I'm always against. And that's why I said with the alcohol thing, there's people who drink alcohol um, in moderation and, and still are okay. I drink, I drink alcohol sometimes quite a number of times in, in, in past days, but, you know, we always knew that at that point we could handle it. And at that point, it was not, it was not driving all our decisions, right? And we, our, I was aware of what this thing was doing. Hmm. But there's other drugs that, like, we're just chugging, like, gutter water. Yo, yo, have you heard of gutter water before? In Nige? No, what's that? And so gutter water is, is like a mixture of many drugs together that becomes like a... Um, do you know do you know do you know Don't Go pretty much? No. But I think I've heard about that. Isn't that's common in, in, in the song? Right? Yeah. 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 So like it's it's like it's like a mixture of drugs together. And like it pretty much, like I said, it creates this um it's it's pretty much a, a street drug, right? So mm-hmm. so I'm reading it right now. Um and they call it a cocktail of of drugs, which um which which are cheap for young Africans, mm-hmm. right? And it's pretty much easy to get. So it's like you you add in. A lot of things together, you know, it could be what um codeine, tramadol, cannabis, water, juice, and, and riofinol, you know, mm. and it's just together, right? And it's and these young kids don't particularly understand or know, or they have nothing else to do because again, that's why I said the macro level structures. Mm. And we can't talk about drugs without excluding those things. And that's why I piss on politicians when they say, Oh, war on drugs, but what are we doing to ensure that the statistics or the variables that are causing drugs in the first place are not happening, mm. right? And it's just this whole idea of looking at something in a uni- univariate analysis and saying, well, that is the only problem at, ha- at hand. We should fix it. But yeah. whereas there's a reason why that street always has drugs. There's a reason why people from broken homes always have drugs. There's a reason why these things happen, yeah. right? And what are your thoughts on this? Because I think this just leads me to the whole hypocrisy thing. Like, what do you, for- what do you stand in on the entire you know, stigma on drugs but the tension between stigma and drugs and, you know, people not having a choice to take drugs. Do you, do you have sympathy or more of sympathy than, than actually like disrespect? Like what is, what is your feeling towards that? Hmm. Um, okay. Let me go first. <laughs> I think <laughs> it's, it, it's a deep one, but I think I've transitioned from, you know, the, being socialized to see, like, again, even the words we used to refer to people that face these issues, you know, we call them addicts and things like that. And just using it in, in jokes as, you know, something that's going to end up bad for someone and stuff like that. I think I've transitioned from just holding that very simplistic view of it into seeing that it's all about triggers and what, like, things that socially affect people that make them and put them in decisions where they're seeking some of these things in more, more often than not. And when it comes to statistics, I think it's always a conversation between causation and correlation, right? We can say, you know, um, everybody that, that we saw from broken homes and whatnot uses drugs. Now, is it like, is that causation? Is it because of the broken homes or is, just, is that just correlation, right? So I think when it comes to stats, 
sometimes stats are great, but I think they're only the beginning of the conversation. And so I think right now, my perspectives on it when it comes to sympathy or whatnot, I think it's more empathy in understanding that a lot of these things are triggers. Maybe in a different world, if I had different triggers, I wouldn't be where I am today in terms of what my perspectives and I guess my stance on, on substance use, basically. So um, I wouldn't want to disregard triggers as a whole, but I also don't want to overemphasize triggers. I don't know how we balance this sort of narratives because there's some people that that maybe they they do have the triggers that will lead to certain you know situations, but we but can don't. yeah yeah, but we can find people with in similar situations or worse situations with similar personalities that have not sort of like resulted to that. So again, where does personal agency come into this, and where does personal agency stop, and you know it's shifting into a an illness in that sense, right? So mm. I don't know. Just general thoughts. I don't think I give a straight answer, but those are my general thoughts. Yeah. Anish? That was actually very like a very comprehensive way to put it. But yeah, I'd also say that uh, the, the the situations a person is in, like the micro factors that you were saying of what you were saying earlier, that does that does uh, play a pretty big role in it as well. Like I was saying earlier, like uh, if you if it's all around you, you're just seeing it every day as an example then you're more you're less likely to do the research at, about the consequences mm. like the like the reason you would uh, the reason i would never do stuff like crystal method right because i know that it will always just make my life worse right like where my life is right now if i did something like crystal meth my life would get worse if i did something like cocaine maybe the first time i do it it wouldn't get worse but if i kept doing it it would get worse right mm. so but like this only comes after you think about like what 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 the aftermath is of taking something right mm. but if your life you feel is like so bad that uh if you take something it can only get better then that's like you just justified it for yourself like and you're not gonna mm. it, then then it doesn't matter what the like the physical consequences are or anything right like no one's gonna do it if they think their life will get worse mm. 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 So like, so like, how do you both think we can push, not we, because we're just three people in different continents, but how do you think the world or our local communities or nations can push for a better drug lifestyle world? Because I don't think we can live without drugs. As you said, Anisha, we all agree at the start. Mm-hmm. But how can we coexist with drugs? And this, is, this ranges from the prescription drugs from the pharmacies, doctors, slash the drugs on the streets, slash, you know, drugs from high, high end stuff. Yeah. Right. That you buy. So like, how come we have better drug culture? Is it about preaching the idea of, you know, don't do drugs or it's about saying, okay, let's, let's only do these drugs. I mean, what is the points you think you can start with? Because and obviously I think starting points should be from communities. As I always preach, what can we tell our people around us to say, okay, so you have a better drug relationship. Hmm. I think, I, I think okay, go for should, it. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, you shouldn't uh, worry about the whole, like, don't do drugs, that kind of narrative, because that's what we've been trying for a while and it doesn't really work. Right. And also there's a lot of people that uh, are like that do drugs and are completely fine in life. Like they're doing really well in life. It, 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 the problem yeah. happens when, uh, the drugs are the main part of your life. And we just need to make sure that people understand, have enough education to know that that can't be the case. Like you can't, mm. you can't just wake up every day and think about like drinking that codeine or, you know, smoking that joint 
or mm-hmm. whatever just there has to be like all right i'm gonna wake up tomorrow i'm gonna like you know find some more clients i'm gonna whatever i'm gonna try and grow my community better my business as you learn like finish this chapter like there have to be goals in your life that are beyond just like i'm gonna wake up and do a line of coke you know yeah and yeah. when it gets to that point is when like the situation gets bad for people yeah yeah um i, I vibe with that and and what i'll say is i think like you said education is what's needed but not education on a head level alone but sort of like on a heart level and i don't know how else to really like expand that without sounding too like vague and loopy but <laughs> i just think that sometimes some conversations that we tend to have we are focusing so much on the logic of it but a lot of what drives you know, substance use and things like that is not just on a logical level. There's something beneath the surface that is driving all of those things. And those things are not easy to seek out and those conversations are not easy to have. So I think as a general society, I think first of all is the education about, you know, beyond the head to the heart. And again, dealing with the stigma. I don't think stigma, like stigma is the cheapest and the it's the worst weapon or worst solution to use against anything like social shaming and things like that. I think that's the easiest thing to fall into to use to try and correct behavior, but it's the worst and least effective. And so I think that's really where I, I feel we can start from just removing certain stigmas because people feel like, well, if you remove the social stigma and social things around certain things, they will become worse. I don't think so. I think it will give you the chance to see really why things are certainly happening because sometimes some people's actual, you know, because they feel they can't share their problems with people because of the stigma around it is why they, you know, only result to it because that's the only thing that's available. When you don't feel like you can share what you're going through with someone else, you're only going to result to the thing that has brought you, even if it's just a little high, like that's what you default to. So um, long story short, I think conversations um, that go beyond the head to the heart and just taking away the stigma around a lot of these things will be a good place to start um, in terms of a solution, quote unquote. I think like what you said about stigma is very true to like if if you stigmatize something right mm-hmm. like uh say we're we as a group there's four of us right mm-hmm. three of us aren't doing drugs and then there's a fourth person that is doing drugs and mm-hmm. we stigmatize that fourth person that fourth person is more likely to go find a group that won't stigmatize him for it than he mm-hmm. is to stay in our group mm-hmm. and change absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely so, spot on because um you know most addicts that relapse is because they don't change their circles Mm-hmm. They have this. They have the same. So they go to rehab. Have the same you, circles. Yeah. Your network is your network. Hashtag <laughs> <laughs> uh, Instagram, you know, Instagram can ruin someone someone's mind sometimes. Um, but yeah, no, it's true. Like, and it's interesting because like those circles are what promotes. Once you plan, once you find a place that makes you feel at home doing something, it makes that thing you're doing even more normal, or even more at peace. And the stigma thing you, you both said is flipping true and I, I agree with that and i think that's very very important because there's a guy called um there's a guy called dr carl hart right he's a neuroscientist researcher in colombia and u.s he he does drugs right hmm. but he's living his life he's a well-known respected academic researcher consultant whatever neuroscientist in his field and he does drugs hmm. yeah and that's because like you said he knows everything about drugs that is harmful and where to stop where to start what is okay and what's not okay and he's broken through the drugs that are only bad due to stigmas and not the actual reality of the actual content of the drug mm. right so and that just shows how stigma is powerful because 
if somebody is doing something that if I do, I'm probably going to get fired or get sacked. Right. It's a stigma thing. It's not because what I'm doing is entirely going to ruin my life because someone else is doing it. Mm. Right. I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not saying doing it like needles and stuff. No, obviously doing it in a common sense way as, as he is. Right. But the stigma around it is what separates. The stigma can affect me because I'm, I'm low in the chain. Mm. Right. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm easily, I'm easily discardable. Right. You're, you're at work. That's fair. But if somebody is in that field and they say, well, you know, I mean, bro, Obama's done cocaine. Definitely. All those guys have done coke. You can't tell me those guys haven't done coke. They've they've all done it. All yeah, of them. Now that you say it like this, dude. Now that you say it like that, it does sound silly that I thought he hadn't. All of them have Bush, Clinton, Trump, Barry. They've all yeah. done it. I'm sorry. <laughs> right? You know, in the White House, there's a picture of each of them that has come before. Yeah. You know, there's a table yeah. with like a line from each of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why this is uh, over, like <laughs> no bro. Like, man, this is who knows, line. man? Yeah. This is Obama's line. <laughs> no, but it's 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 interesting because I know that uh, and, and that's what I said. I said the entire drug stigma is interesting because it's only those that are on the you know on the bed relapsing, those that are in low neighborhoods, those that are in poor places that create the the drug branding of this is bad. Right, but mm. people people we know who are doing who are who write books that we read and rates, they're not they haven't been clean, right? And you can say, What's my evidence? But wait, even in that regard, how will you account for some of like like Britney Spears and everyone having to go to rehab and places like that? I think even on that level of no, no, sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry. So yeah. I'm speaking on, on only moderation terms, not okay, on not, over, okay. over overuse terms. All right, all right. I'm all saying, right. I'm saying if I do if I do the same moderate use as these guys do, mm-hmm. I'm I've lost everything. <laughs> right. And that's just because the stigma around it combined with my 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 level on the chain, I'm combined with the fact that I'm not in the open about it, puts me away. Mm, right. Yeah. But my point is. We have more people doing it in the closet and are okay than people doing it out of the closet and are not okay. But because of those people that are out of the closet, those, those, those are like the brand ambassadors for drug misuse. Mm. Mm. <sighs> I, I, like, I'll take that with a pinch of salt. I agree with what you're saying. I see the points that you're making. But I think I'll just sum it up in the fact that even if everything became lawful, not everything is expedient. And just because certain groups of people... Oh, yeah units and they're fine or seemingly fine doesn't mean it's a thing that is then okay to be done in that sense but i do agree that like social stigma bro bro sorry let me let me yeah exactly so my 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 unit of of, of analysis there is the stigma it's not about doing it or not yeah i'm saying what shapes that stigma is a is a fake fake reality yeah fair 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 because if 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 i go by the numbers game right the numbers game shows that it is everywhere more than what the stigma is trying to push. That's my point. So I'm looking at the stigma itself being a fake reality. Um, um maybe maybe that's a wrap up because I know we don't have much time left. Um let's just let's, let's just wrap up with you know looking at both our countries, right? So Nigeria and India, and a quick word on drug use there and rehab as well. Do you have any fears or hopes about drug use there? So, like Anish, let me start with you. So, like in India, how is it like? in the internal drug use is there, is there a problem there 
and and is there like a an awareness thing or the culture does not really look into it as a problem so okay so in india right like the the kind of drugs that like you and i would call drugs i don't think that's a big problem here right? like there's not a big cocaine or a opioid or like a weed problem right but i think there's like this there you know what the betel nut is nope. no it's like a it's like a little nut type thing right and it's it's got the same like act it it has the same effects on your brain as like tobacco does mm. and it's also like completely legal and when you chew it it's like a thing you chew and then you spit out red mm. like you know what i'm talking about well we would it cola not bigger as that wally over here like, oh, i i don't know i never tried yeah. that shit never tried it, but okay it's it too bitter yeah it, it, i've never tried it either because just because it looks gross like everyone who eats it they've got like really red teeth uh like and you have to spit it everywhere so like this literally everywhere in the country the roads are like covered in red splotches oh God. because like about really of the, yeah dude 80 percent of the population eats it <laughs> and it's really bad for you like it causes mouth cancer and it's very addictive mm. so i think that's like a real problem in india that kind of drug and because it's like been around for so long it's not been made normalized yeah yeah it's like it just got grandfather in with tobacco mm-hmm. but unlike tobacco like i think in, in even tobacco the government produces it and controls yeah. it right this stuff is just like given to the private industries you can do what you with it what you want and there's a huge black market for it as well mm-hmm. crazy so that, i think that kind of drug is a problem in india yeah uh, do you have do you have real senses uh there is rehabs over here but I think uh, most of it is for like the most common reason would be for alcohol and of course there's the occasional case where the celebrity gets busted with some uh, some kind of substance and then they'll pretend like oh I'm going through rehab and yeah. that kind of shit. <laughs> like we just had a recent scandal of that it was quite funny. <laughs> Interesting. Because they got they got busted with cannabis and they had to like pretend like they were very uh you know sorry sorry yeah, yeah very sorry and it's like uh you know it's not about it's not who we are we don't condone it like like if, you know like it was heroin <laughs> yeah you see and th- that's part of why i always get you know issues because i the idea of lying to myself is very it's very annoying like when i have to we all know that this thing you're you're lying like mm-hmm. like fam we all we all know that you're lying how do you yeah. do it why do you have to lie why do we live in a place yeah that that's what you have to do yeah, yeah. yeah. and and it's like well it's like we want to hear the lies not not the truth like and that, i find that weird i don't know i people, don't know people tend to prefer social order even if it's an illusion right so the illusion of order and this is which which is why tradition tends to be a thing a lot of times it's not so much mm. that tradition is great it's because people are attracted to some illusion of order so um and that's why whenever anybody or any influence or any like standout person comes to disrupt the order it always feels illegal like there's always some talk around about it being illegal even if in reality it's not it's just not traditional in that sense but um but speaking of rehab in nigeria i don't know i'm i'm probably I've not looked just, into it. I just checked online for rehab yeah. in Nigeria and I saw a link called best 10 top 10 best rehabs in Nigeria. Oh and it's like I'm just in a hospital pretty much. Yeah. And yeah. I think I've seen a drug one but I think it's mis- mostly abuja to yeah. be honest. Yeah. And but the thing with this rehab right okay there's, a, there's one in Lekki fair enough. Mm. But this rehabs like they always scream which folks only yeah you know the poor guys who, poor people who are people with low incomes who are addicted hmm. I, i what what can they do what do they do 
mean, government, you... the government fights against them. That's why it's called a war on drugs, right? <laughs> it's, and it they go be, to jail. Yeah, it, it should be called war on drugs yeah. against poor people or war, war, war against poor people who use drugs because it's not really war a war on poor drug, drug users. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that, that's really what it is. So that's why there's a rehab for, for it in essence. But go on, sorry. Yeah, because like even the idea of rehab, like, I mean, I've not looked into statistics, but I'm not very confident rehab is has the best success rates. It depends. Just it depends. just based on just based, just based on anecdotes, it possibly does. Yeah. Um, but I don't know because so so I, I was reading something. I was watching something yesterday, and you know, it depends on particularly in America where there's like a strong rehab culture. Like yeah, the the, the issue really is in the those approach. ones like to fix things as opposed yeah, to yeah. solve the problem. But but the approach sometimes is that sometimes in rehab there there's rehabs that that use drugs in addition to you know therapy and psychotherapy and things like that and there's rehabs that don't but there's now there's also a stigma against a, certain rehabs that that recommend drugs because they think you're only just giving the person a legal reason to now be high although it's been proven medically that to get someone to recovery it's not just about stopping cold it's about the ease back into like a regular whatever to avoid withdrawals and things like that. So I think just just in terms of like success rates, it's also politicized, like everything else in America is. Um, but yeah, that, that I just wanted to add that little little like, uh, accident there. And and it's interesting how when we think about and why I said people they like to fix things as opposed to a problem. I'm mm. referring to the idea of you know fixing symptoms and not the problem. Mm. And that reminds me of COVID, you know, the idea that to protect your immune system, nobody recommends giving order to your life. Nobody recommends, I'm sorry, nobody recommends giving some vitamin D or regular exercise or, or have more fruits and less ice cream. Or, you know, when, I mean, when it first broke out, that was, that was not a recommendation. That was just, everyone went to get tissues. But the same thing screams for this one where, People who tend to be, you know, drug users to certain points, there's studies, I believe, that might show that if you have regular order in your life, regular exercise, regular kind of meals, regular kind of um, routines, your daily life, more jobs, you're less likely to be in this position or relapse, right? Yeah. It fixes your, fix your, your circles, right? But those, those, those recommendations, I don't think they fall within the norm of what is first prescribed for, for people who are going through these issues. I've, I mean, I've not, I've not heard of, the real cases that I've heard of is always a case of, like I said, psychotherapy, um, therapy as well, but also like hoping that a three-month, four-month period of nothing in, 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 a, in, in a fake world yeah, will correct. transform you yeah. after you go back into the real world. Yeah, and I don't know which is why I said I've not I've I've not seen the stats, but it almost screams like I would not be surprised if the stats give me mixed results. Yeah. I know for a fact that we cannot have complete success rates for rehabs, and I just think it's also it also screams the idea of symptom fixing and not problem solving. Yeah, what was the root cause? Yeah, right. And again, because people pe- those were those were them poor. What what can we do for them? You know, it's and it's saddening because I mentioned Gosa Water, for example. Like this, 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 this young kids in the streets, like they, they do this, they, they, they drink these things easily. 
and of course, as you said, like your body gets used to it the more you drink it and mm. the and the stronger you get. But at some point, it ruins mm. your brain. Mm. Yeah. You know, so I guess this also leads to inequality, which is another debate. But yeah, I, I, I just find it a bit weird and unfair how people get away with certain things because they are more wealthy or whatever and others don't. The human condition, bro. <laughs> That's another part of it. Okay, let's just wrap up um, with this question. One, are drugs sexy? Yes or no? No, I'd lean more towards no. Yes. He said okay. yes. <laughs> okay. Two, do we need rehab systems? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Like we need universities, dude. Mm-hmm. okay not everyone not everyone who goes to like a four-year university is just gonna be like uh, come out of there like you know with the with the super knowledge of whatever they studied right if you went it, it depends on how hard you try while you're there and i think the same applies to rehab mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so on so on three would drugs be less fancy if they were legal yes yes okay four society without drugs and illusion yes 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 i'll I'll lean towards yes five are people who people who take drugs are they inherently bad no no No. okay all right that that's the end of molly's brief trivia and then yes (laughs) (laughs) uh 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 no it's it's been a good chat um okay anish intro so pretty much tell the world about yourself um what you're doing where you are etc 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 all right uh yeah so i'm in india right now i'm working for a company in dubai but it's like a work from home situation uh i met wally at masters we did the same masters at love bro he just decided he wanted more of it so he stuck around hey hey thanks for listening to this week's episode of 20s combos if you enjoyed the podcast the easiest way to help out is to leave a review don't forget to subscribe as well also if you think a friend needs to hear this go ahead and share it with them they'll be glad that you did trust me all right we release new episodes every monday but before then don't forget to follow us on instagram at 20s combos we post quotes polls and other interesting content and clips from each episode every week so go ahead and follow us now till next time take care and stay safe